1: Minimum of four lines
0: for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
1: Yes, that's right. This is your chance to stump the auto technician, better known as Nick Stoffel, who is an ASC certified technician at uh, Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I don't think you've ever been stumped, Nick. Good morning, by the way.
2: Well, I, I, good morning also, but I think I get stumped <laughs> pretty much every day. So <laughs> it's a matter, matter of opinion.
1: You know, we we did a uh, still uh, do with Susie on Sundays, but we, we were doing a health show for many years here on Sunday morning. Still do. And working with my uh, friend and colleague, Dr. David Hilden, uh, who's been a doctor for quite some time. But I tell you, doing that show when you don't know what calls are coming and med- medical questions kind of keeps you on your toes as a doctor and it kind of keeps you on your toes too, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, it's um. people always ask how do you do it or what resources do you have. And, you know, like we've said for years, the real purpose is to try to give people some sound advice, maybe yeah. arm them, as you say, with the, the right questions. So when they go to their shop or their dealership, wherever, they can help those people with more information to make the uh, finding the problem maybe a little quicker and easier and uh, a little more precise
1: absolutely so if you do need to bring in your vehicle your car your truck your van for service but you want to know what might be ailing why don't you call nick or send a text either way here's that one number to get it done 651-461-9226 keep in mind though Nick will be taking his leave uh, about 7.45, so I know our time goes by rather quickly. So any kind of a car care question you may have, let's hear you earlier rather than later. 651 <clears> 4619226 Excuse me, I had a text earlier this morning, funny that uh, it was this particular topic, uh, and I'm talking about transmission fluid. I, I saw a uh, video a day or two ago, and it, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was, uh, 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 you know, a mechanic as you are, a technician, and he was talking about the uh, the phrase lifetime. Uh, don't necessarily believe it. He was basically saying, as far as you don't have to change your transmission fluid ever, uh, but he says that's not necessarily the case. How you drive depends on this and that, and I guess you can look in your 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 uh, you know, owner's manual, but. I guess the question that came in earlier is how often can you change or should you change transmission fluid? What, what have you seen in your business?
2: You know, th- th- I agree. I mean, there are some vehicles that will say uh, lifetime fill, no service needed, and um, I agree with your environment, driving styles, conditions, you know, our climate. Um, you know, when it gets to the deep freeze and then the warm, hottest parts of the summer, that does a lot of, wear and tear also to all parts of the vehicle so including the transmission um you know i wouldn't say there's necessarily an interval that i would go by um you know more and more vehicles aren't equipped with the dipsticks you can't see them um you know i I, i'd like to say you know the easy number comes in my head 100,000 miles they're all synthetic fluids they're all high quality fluids. so it's not like you know years ago where you um, Would service at every thirty or forty thousand miles. I think the interval with, with a lot of the fluids, as they've improved, is longer. Um, some cases it may not be a filter, which we are accustomed to changing. So, it's always evolving. I do believe that the fluids are much better; they can go much longer. But I, I wouldn't. I don't necessarily agree with the lifetime thought. Um, you know, that fluid's still going to collect debris and dirt, condensation, which you can't eliminate. Um, and I just feel that it's probably a hundred thousand mile round number, uh, time frame.
1: <laughs> and you, you mentioned a dipstick. I, I'm a few years older than you. <laughs> I uh, would be willing to bet, but uh, I remember when cars had dipsticks for, for uh, transmission. That's been uh, done away with for many years now, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, no. In you know, even the servicing of them, sometimes it's a drain infill. So you're only changing a portion of the fluid, which is fine. Um, you know, sometimes there's much more <laughs> elaborate ways of refilling them, but you know, it's it's one of those things where it's probably definitely not a do-it-yourself, or unless you have all the proper tooling and equipment, that's not something you want to tackle if you don't know. Because if you overfill or underfill that transmission or use the wrong fluid, you could create damage that you can't reverse. So I would I would caution anyone that is looking to do that on their own to do a lot of research, make sure you have all the knowledge and all the tooling the right fluid before you t- to do a lot of research, make sure you have all the knowledge and all the tooling, uh, the right fluid before you tackle that. Cause you just don't want to see go from a you know a $50 worth of fluid to a multiple, multiple thousand dollar transmission oh, oh, yeah. replacement. So I, I would be, be very careful.
1: Good advice. Uh, text number is also the phone number. If you want to call and chat with Nick, six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six, they're coming in like crazy. Good morning, guys. I just had my oil changed. Texter says I use semi-synthetic oil. They recommend I change oil every 3,000 miles. I always wait until 5,000 only because it's semi-synthetic, not uh, standard type of oil. Am I okay waiting until 5,000 between
2: changes? You know, maybe, yes, no. You know, it depends on the quality of the oil. I, I feel it more and more of what we used to consider con- Conventional oil is semi-synthetic to some extent. You know, the you know it kind of goes back. We always talk. We talk a lot about oil on the show, and, and that's good. Um, you know, the full synthetics typically cost more. They cost more, it should last longer, right? But if it's a lower-priced product and they're marketing it as some sort of product, I would read a little bit deeper into it. Um, you know, whether it's three thousand or five thousand miles. You know, over the life of the vehicle, that might be a few hundred dollars out of your pocket, but it could save you thousands of dollars of repair because oil is the most important thing for that engine, obviously, and to go too long of an interval over a life of an engine will create sludge issues, timing chain issues, a lot of issues that we'd like to prevent. And if it's an extra oil change or two that does that, it's well worth the price.
1: Are you seeing, I'm thinking about looking at shelves uh, for for, uh, oil, conventional versus synthetic. Is is the conventional oil becoming fewer and far between? Are most uh, manufacturers going to synthetic,
2: would you think? I feel like that, yes. Um, And then some of the, like, the 0W20, the 0W16, which are the latest revolutions of oil, are only synthetic. So I feel like the, the days of the 5W40 or the, 10w30 or probably way in our rear rear mirror there are some vehicles that use a 5w30 but even a lot of those are becoming full synthetic i think it's just the way it's evolved uh which is a good thing you know these these better products do help the engines perform and last longer um so i just if there's ways to save money in your life an oil change probably isn't one of them
1: very good. I like that philosophy. All right, Nick, hang on. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, again, we uh, we have textures uh, coming in by leaps and bounds here. If you have any kind of a car care question, don't wait. 651-461-9226. Here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Back to our car care show. Denny Long here along with ASC Certified Technician, Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. By the way, we're here every Saturday thanks to our friend uh, Nick and his pal once in a while, uh, Dan. Uh, Nick, for those, I'm thinking we're getting a bunch of text messages, but for those folks that can't get in today and do need help uh, from Lloyd's, how do we find you guys?
2: Absolutely. So if you have a question, need advice, please don't hesitate to call. Our number is 651-228-1316. If you happen to be walking along Grand Avenue in St. Paul, we're on the corner of Grand and Chatsworth, which is nine eight two Grand, and I would really appreciate if you check out our website at lloyd'sautomotive.net.
1: Very good. We'll get you that info before Nick leaves us, which is about seven forty-five this morning. Uh, again, our phone number is also our text number six five one four six one nine two two six. Texter says this, uh, Nick. I have a twenty twelve Nissan Rogue. That has a clicking noise when accelerating between 30 and 40 miles an hour, a slight hesitation, and a vibration in the steering wheel. Uh, no dashboard lights, but after driving five to ten minutes or so, this sound goes away. Took to a mechanic, they test drove, said they felt and heard, but could not pinpoint. Uh, Replace the right outer tie rod slash alignment, rotated and balanced the tires, but the clicking and vibration is now worse. What are your thoughts? I'm concerned. uh, Do you think I should be driving?
2: I think it's fair to be concerned. Anytime you have any vibration makes you think something's worn or loose because it is. I mean, it's not, you know, and sometimes it's difficult to pinpoint. So I don't want to speak poorly of the person trying to help them, but I would say um, it's rotational. So something's spinning. We, we, touched and changed a few things that made it different so i'm thinking maybe back to the tires you know because they rotated them they said they balanced it but maybe there's something with one of the wheels maybe there's a uh, a knob in one of the tires it might balance okay but once you get the load of the vehicle and the speed you know you get a little bit of a wobble i think maybe like a drive axle also rotational wheel bearing rotational Um, so i I think they needed to get it back in get another look at it and share the whole story. Here's what it was doing, here's what I had did, and here's how it's changed because that's good information to kind of help corner or pinpoint the vehicle they need to focus on. Yeah, and
1: like you recommend from time to time, get another doctor's opinion if that's what it takes. But get another set of eyes and ears. Uh, question from a listener, does a Toyota Camry need the spark plugs changed at 120,000 miles Or is that just another service department moneymaker? Thank you. Again, an interval question here, service interval. What do you think about that?
2: So, you know, you can look online. You can look in the owner's manual. I do believe 120 is probably correct on that vehicle. Some are sooner. There are still some, depending on the makeup makeup of the spark plug, are 60,000. You know, they use platinum, iridium. There's things called single tip, dual tip. There's a lot of variables in a spark plug. I do highly recommend, though, when you do replace them, you put back what was in the vehicle as it came new. So if it's 120,000 miles and you're like, these are $30 a piece, I can buy them for 10 It's not the same part. Use what came into it. That's why it lasts so long. So um, maintenance spark plugs, as they wear, the gap increases. That it puts more stress on a coil. You don't, you know, if you don't replace them, that undue stress can cause a coil to fail. So now you will need spark plugs and coils. So, like most maintenance items, it's a preventative thing. You should follow the interval. You know, if, if there's a recommendation you're not sure about, ask a few questions, get clarity in it. But doing the maintenance is critical to keep the vehicle working well and as it was intended to.
1: Now, Nick, if somebody brings in their vehicle and they think they need uh, it's time for a spark plug change, how does how, how do your technicians know which spark plug? I mean, where, where do you go to? What, do you have a big book in front of the technician? How do, how do you find the no. right part?
2: So so a couple of things. We have online resources that help us find those intervals. Uh, we'll remove a spark plug and look at it. You can tell if it's been replaced or not. Years ago, we used to be able to ch- check the gap when spark plugs were adjustable. Now with those precious materials, they kind of come preset. So checking the gap isn't the same as it used to be. So that doesn't always work. But look through the resources on what um, interval it is. You can remove the plug. There's markings and manufacturers and part numbers on the plugs. You can reference that to what the catalog lists, which we do, to make sure it is the correct part that's in the vehicle or going back into the vehicle. So there's a few steps to it, but there are um, catalogs that we use to help identify the correct part.
1: I know we've talked before uh, about being careful. If if you're going to be a do-it-yourselfer, it it can be kind of – if if someone wants to change their own spark plugs, maybe part of it is doable. But uh, w- w- what's a caveat you could say? What what could happen if you're not careful?
2: I will. Um, well, a couple of things. The easiest part likely is taking the spark plug out. Sometimes getting to the spark plug is the most difficult part. So yeah. oh. if you can't see them with your bare eye, with like a coil right on top of the motor, you probably should leave it for someone. Um, Things that can happen, you know, if if it's a coil over plug, which most vehicle ours are, that means that there's a coil which creates the spark on each cylinder. To getting access to the spark plug, you have to remove that. If you somehow damage that or it's ground or it's wiring in that process, you could create an additional problem. The other thing, if you don't have the right tools to remove a spark plug and you happen to crack the porcelain in that process and something were to fall into the cylinder, That gets very frightening because now you have the potential of having debris where you can't have any, meaning that when you put it back together, you go to operate the vehicle, there'll be something inside that cylinder that's bouncing around that will create damage that's not repairable. You did damage the cylinder head, the piston, something that would be permanent. So we don't want to talk people out of doing their own work. Like we said earlier, we want to make sure you do the proper reskit, the proper resources, and tooling before you attempt something like that. Absolutely.
1: Hang on, Nick. We'll take a break for that weather forecast, see what, uh, what kind of snow they're talking about. We'll do that and be right back. If you have a car care question, we'd love to hear from you. 651-461-9226. From Newstalk 830, this is WCCO. Good Saturday morning, Julie. Welcome back to our Car Care Show. We are here every Saturday right after the 7 o'clock news break answering any kind of a car care question you might have. Nick Stoffel, who runs a place called Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, answering uh, those uh, car care questions this morning. And, Nick, we have a bunch more to see if we can't uh, field these before you take your leave today. Uh, here's a uh, 2021 Ford Edge. Texter says ever since it got somewhat cold, it is saying system off to save battery. And now my remote start isn't working. Are you thinking that perhaps I need to have the battery changed or at least charged? Texter wants to know.
2: That, that's a fair question. Um, it should be tested for sure. You know, if, uh, if it's a lot of short drive cycles, maybe that battery is just a little low on charge needs to be topped off. Um, it would, you would think it'd be too new to need the battery replaced, um, but without testing it, I guess we don't know that. So I would. This is take it simple, one step at a time. Have it tested, find those results, see if they can recharge it. You know, so have it tested. It's marginal. We'll call it. They recharge it. It's good for through the rest of the winter. We get another year out of it. That's a win. If they test and you find it's in really poor condition, I would probably have it replaced. Um, and, and that's the first step. I would start there. I wouldn't think any more or worry more about it. Um, it's likely just a low battery and you know, either charge and replace and will handle that and get that remote start working again, which we all kind of like.
1: Yeah, very good. Could be good news. Uh, detailing question uh, this morning. Tester says, is rubbing alcohol safe to use on clear coat to remove tree sap? Uh, what about convertible tops or tonneau covers? Love the show. From what I've learned over the years, I mean, there's so many products out there that will, will remove uh, tree sap. I, I I've heard anyway that, you know, solid rubbing alcohol could kinda hurt that clear coat. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm not a paint expert by any means. So I would um I would caution. I would maybe first try um there's products where you go to a, a parts store and you click on the shelves and there'll be products that help remove that are safe for painting clear coats. Um I don't know if I would, you know, Years ago, people maybe had done that, but I, I don't want to advise you one way or the other, I guess. I would do more research. And like I said, you go to a parts store in town here and um, have a variety of products will help kind of get that off. That will be safe for the paint. So that's probably what I would advise you to do.
1: Yeah, if you uh, haven't, and I, I'll do this once in a while, I'm really feeling like having a labor of love, is do a clay bar. Have you ever done a clay bar, Nick?
2: Um,. No, but you and my uh, my predecessor, um, who was very much into keeping his vehicle clean, have, yeah. and I've seen it, and it's, uh, it's a, if you have a weekend and a nice garage that's, you know, maybe yeah. climate controlled, you can spend the weekend doing that, and it's amazing. You wouldn't believe the imperfections and all the stuff that come You, you can wash your vehicle, and then you do the clay bar and still collect a whole bunch of stuff off that paint that yeah. uh, really does make it look new again.
1: It's just amazing, yeah. But it it is work. It'll a lot of elbow grease there. Uh, that's for another show. Good morning, this texture says. How much over the recommended PSI for tires for an SUV due to fluctuations in tire pressure? Is it okay without damaging the tires?
2: Um, damaging the tires is probably quite a bit, quite honestly. But I would only tell you a few PSI I would consider needed quite honestly you know the more air in the tire the harder the tire the poorer the ride the more air in the tire the more rounded it becomes and it wears abnormally so if your door placard or your vehicle's looking for 36 psi and you want to go to 38 or 39 to avoid that light coming on that's okay but don't go to 50. don't don't push your luck it's not going to continue to fluctuate it's always within that few psi bubble so you only need to add a few psi to Keep from that light coming out on a cold morning.
1: You know, we talked once in a while, Nick, as you know about those tire pressure, uh, battery-operated deals in the in the tires. Uh, how often do those ba- those batteries last a long time? I don't know if we've ever talked about.
2: Well, it. Um, it changes, it varies. You know, we we you know those systems have been around long enough where we do replace them on a semi-regular basis. But I can tell you from my experience, my truck is a a ten or eleven years old, and I've never had to replace them. And it have had a couple sets of tires on them, so you know it, it really does vary. However, don't ignore that light. You know we see the light on, and we it's one of those things where you know where it used to be a reaction we'd see it and we'd be concerned because nobody checks the tires anymore. <laughs> but that light's on for a reason. First thing you do have somebody check the pressures, see if they really are low. If they are, why is it low? Does it need repair? Um, or if there's a problem with that sensor replace it because that is your only warning you have a low tire. And the last thing you want is to have be on the interstate and have a flat tire. You know, no one need, wants to be on the side of the road or should you be. So those tire sensors can be, a, you know, a couple hundred dollars, but they can save you a lot of heartache in the event that you do end up with a flat uh, flat tire. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I think we have time for maybe one more text, Nick. Uh, 2006 VW Passat 2.0 T went to get my oil change yesterday, Texture says, and the shop told me, there's been a recall on all the Passat oil filters, uh, and there are currently are none available. It seems a bit strange, Texas says, for oil filters to be recalled. Have you heard of such a thing?
2: I have not. Um, there are many, you know, and in, and in, on the Volkswagen, it's likely a cartridge filter. So I, I don't know what reasoning there would be to have recalled. And I think, you know. There's a lot of different manufacturers that make oil filters and a lot of value lines and OE lines. And so I, I'm not aware of it. I would, be, I would probably ask a couple more questions before I'd be overly worried. Um, you know, we, we work on a lot of the import vehicles, too, and I've not had anything come across my desk about any manufacturer or brand of filter that's a problem with, to be honest. Okay.
1: One more tire question I see just came in, then we have to scoot. Should we inflate tires to the pressure listed on the tire or the door?
2: The tire is a max pressure. You should follow what the door jam says because the tires um, fit lots of vehicles, uh, fit lots of vehicles, um, but the, every manufacturer has a different pressure setting. Well, it's only a couple of pieces, not significant, but a couple of pressure, pound of pressure difference. So look at the placard inside the driver's door or look at your owner's manual. It'll tell you at cold what they want that pressure at. And like I said earlier, if you want to add 2 PSI to avoid that light coming on a cold morning, you'll be okay. Yeah. That but is, like that once again, the tires telling you max, don't do that. That's too much pressure on any tire.
1: Good point. Thank you. Good question. Uh, Nick, we have to run, uh, again, uh, for folks who want to get in touch, with Lloyd's Automotive. How do we do that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. If you ever have a question or need some advice or guidance, do not hesitate to call. The number is 651 228 one three one six, and like I said earlier, if you're on Grand Avenue this week, you know before it gets too cold or too much snow, swing on and say hi. We're at nine eight two Grand, and if you uh, don't mind, check out our website, Lloyd'sAutomotive.net.
1: Bunch of friendly folks there as you walk in that door. I know that uh, Nick. Thanks so much. Have a good week. Let's uh, let's do this again next week.
2: That'd be wonderful. Thanks, Teddy.
1: Thank you. Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive. Jack Farrell's Wine Chat straight ahead here. Then get those lawn and garden questions ready for Julie and John in the 8 o'clock hour. Here on Newstalk 830 WCC.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours